And we welcome you into the latest edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast here on the Hoopball Podcast Network, along with the Be Heard Podcast platform. We are thrilled that you are here with us. I'm Damian Barlin, ESPN 1320 in Sacramento, with the host of your show, Miss Jill Adge. Jill, I know the win streak came to an end last night against the Philadelphia 76ers, but Kings have been playing some really good ball over the course of the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, well, and one can even say that was their most impressive game, really, during the stretch. I know they had moments where their shots weren't falling. They were mm-hmm. getting good shots. You know what I mean? Like they weren't um, they weren't bad shots. They just went literally went ice cold. And I think that was part of the three games and four nights, tired legs, because you saw shots were short. Um and Luke but, talked about that last night. Luke was talking right. about, hey, he, he he mentioned he was asking, you know, Alvin, and and he was asking his coaching staff, how many timeouts do we have left? I just need to give these guys a break. He said, yeah. we look tired. Like, I could tell we were fatigued. He wasn't using it as an excuse. He was asked specifically about fatigue in the three games and four nights, and he was like, it's hard to avoid at this point, but we, we, right? you know, we had and to fight through it. They were all close games, so it's not like you could rest anybody. But again, it was against Denver, the Clippers, yeah. and – the 76ers. So it's, I mean, it, you had to go all yeah. out all game. Yeah. Like there's no, um, and they'd been playing so well that I could, I could imagine that they were exhausted, but you know, as they had that win streak going, there was a lot of people saying, Oh, kind of not, I mean, an asterisk to it where it was like, Oh, these aren't healthy teams. Right. Paul or George even when play, those teams Kimball aren't Walker healthy, right. You. They're yeah. still good. Like, I mean, they're, they have the record they have with those guys not playing plenty of games this season so far. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, but that's why I think Friday and Sunday are going to be a really good test because one of the things with this team is every time you get excited about them and they go on these streaks, right. And they win games that you don't think they're going to win. Mm-hmm. They end up then following it with games. If they want to be good, they should be winning. Right. Um, so how I think how they come out against a depleted magic team. And I haven't seen any news on Cole Anthony, but I know he went out, um, with a shoulder strain during yesterday's game. So mm-hmm. Frank Mason played like 33 minutes. So you're going to get, you know, Frank, maybe it's the a Frank, Frank Mason, Mason revenge, revenge game. game. <laughs> but Gordon's still out. Um, I know Fournier's been in and out of the lineup with his back. Um, but, I mean, they've had a whole slew of, like, yeah. injuries, right? So yeah. you play these good teams like this, you got to follow it up with taking out and winning that game against the magic. And then you have a Memphis team that's coming in still fighting for a spot. Like the Kings are fighting for a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, they're young. They've, they've gone through injuries and they're still going through injuries. Um, but again, if you want to be the playoff team that everyone's, you know, that's excited about and Fox making the all-star game, like these are the games you have to win. So they stay in that hunt because I think if Fox is getting so much buzz right now that, if they go and lose these two games, he's not even regardless of his stats, that buzz is going to die down again. Yeah. So and if, you, yeah, you th- that's a great point that we talked a lot about today on the radio was, okay, we we've seen, we've seen the Kings play. I don't think we've seen them play a stretch as good 
uh, as we've seen since January 22nd in a very, very, very long time. I think James Hamm was like, I don't know that I've seen anything like this since 2006, 2007. I mean, what they did with Dave Yeager was was fun, but even Dave Yeager knew we're we're gimmicking our way to some victories here where we're sprinting up the floor, we're out running people, we're doing all of these different things. Eventually, it's going to catch up with us, and guess what? Eventually, it caught up with them because some of their mistakes they were never able to correct. So I th- I think it's fair. I don't think it's a stretch to say, I mean, you've had games against Boston and L.A. You've gotten blown out by, you know, the, the Golden State Warriors, and I remember... How are they going to respond to this? You got blown out by the Portland Trailblazers. How are you going to respond to this? I think you can make an argument that this is one of their biggest tests of the season, not necessarily Orlando, the team that they're playing, but we've seen them play really, really good basketball. Yeah, we've seen them play some of the most good. Really bad. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. So this this is the best that you've played, and now... How are you going to respond? Because you had the, a nice little win streak. And I mean, seven of eight's impressive. I'm, so, seven of nine is still impressive. You know what I mean? So it's not like just because you lost to the Philadelphia 76ers, right. everything gets thrown out the window. I'm anxious, anxious to see how they respond now against not only against Orlando, not only after a loss against Philadelphia, but you're going against the team that you've already played. You're going against the team you already beat. And you know, when you're only playing a team twice a year, I, I Orlando's watching the film a little bit closer. Like Orlando's it's looking great. for the deficiencies and the flaws and they're looking for a way to beat you. Whereas, and I'm not saying that the Sacramento Kings aren't doing the same thing. I just think there's probably a little bit extra in Orlando's practices. Oh, hundred percent, especially against a coach like Steve Clifford. Right. I mean, it's very well coached and there's a reason why year after year, um Orlando's fighting injury and yet they're still in the race yes it's in the Mm -hmm. east but they still stay you know somewhat relevant or at least they're kind of in it until till the end as the east can right I mean it's it's um unless you're really bad like you know the like some of the Knicks and different ones in previous years where it's you're out pretty early right Um, but his teams, when he was with Charlotte and when he's been with Orlando, like they were, they were teams that were, um, well coached and always were able to hang around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we've seen this team before too, where they get, you know, start playing well and get on streaks and then they get the overconfidence, right. Where it's like, oh, we don't have to, you feel like the, you're almost watching someone who thought they were just going to step on the court and, and win. You stopped and we're doing like, the things that why would you, you ever think that? Right. Yeah. Like this, this has not been, you know, a, a history here of that. And yeah. so, I mean, cause we literally went from seeing where they were setting like worst team in the NBA records, defensive wise and things like that to now <laughs> all of a sudden, of like, NBA. <laughs> <laughs> right? like, I mean, they were setting records every day where it was like game, you know, 14 they've given up the most points that anyone's ever given up and then you're literally like a week or two later and your offense and defense are like in the top five top eight in the league during that stretch so it's like whiplash and you could only hope that it airs on the ladder (laughs) that Mm -hmm. that's we're gonna see for the rest of the year but at this point like I'm still as much as I want to be excited I really don't know unless I still see it continuing on because as a Kings fan, you're taught to always wait for the bottom to fall. Right. 
Right, which is too bad because they are. They, they, this isn't a gimmicky way of winning, and that's not an. Right. I, I don't mean. I feel like I'm knocking Dave Yeager. I'm not knocking Dave Yeager. It was just clear. It's, I think it was clear in the moment because there's never really long term success for teams that play the way that the Sacramento Kings played that year, and the Sacramento right. Kings had a fraction of the talent of, like, say. And I and I and I understand the you know the and the coach and the GM were playing for their jobs at that point, right? They were doing what they so, had to do too. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, so there's just right. It was what whatever we can make work. And he was very vocal about it in practice. Like I'm teaching basic fundamentals so that we can eventually get to step two, three, four. You know, right. like down the line. He's like it's, because it, it, when they came in at training camp, he's like I'm having to teach them things that these guys have admittedly never heard about before. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, you were, wouldn't necessarily think you'd be saying to professionals, but like we've talked about before, based on how players are brought up in systems now, it's it's not surprising unless you've been in college for multiple years and you're getting that you're that not. constant foundation. And yeah. most guys are not. Right. So and and so like looking at the way that the Kings are playing now versus the way that they're playing then, like I, I'm not walking away from this going. Oh, this is this is a gimmicky type thing. Like you go back to what started it. I believe it was the New York Knicks game, and I, I thought that was a fascinating conversation entering that game. In that, the Kings, as you noted, were playing a historically awful type of defense, and they were going against the top defense in the league, who also happened to be the worst offense in the league. So there was a curiosity of, you know, I really hope the Kings win this game, but if they win this game, one thirty to one twenty. There's a really big problem that 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 just I don't think is going to be cured this year. And they didn't. It was, you know, 100. You know, it was a low scoring game relative. And then kind of the same thing happened with Orlando. I was like, oh, OK. All right. It's a couple strong defensive efforts again. You know, Orlando, not exactly a juggernaut offensively. But then it kept going and their defensive effort, efforts kept getting stronger. They kept getting better. Even against Orlando, that did the game they lost by one. That was a low 100s game. And it just became like, okay, wait a minute. Something's different. Something's different. And you go back and you watch and you start to see, okay, they're moving a little bit more on defense. Okay, they're a little bit more active here. And then you start getting into the games with Boston. You get into the games with – I mean, the fact that they've beaten Denver three times this year – the fact that Nikola Jokic scored 50 and they still walked away with a victory is I think that's a testament to what they're doing on the defensive end that gives you that should give you. And I understand why it doesn't, but it should give Kings fans a little bit more like, hey, like, OK, sure. I don't know that we're great. I don't know that we're going to linger around or above 500 the rest of the year, but I know we're not awful. And for us to be awful, it means we're regressing or it means that we're not doing because there's a long enough stretch now of basketball to where you can look at it and go, okay, this team can play defense. They're not the Knicks. You know, they're not the top defensive team in the league. They're not the Lakers, but they're a good, they're a better, they're a better defensive team than they were two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. And for the most part, you can take every player and say, I'm seeing a progression somewhere in their game, right? Mm -hmm. Buddy's down on offense, but you can, you know, you can see, Progression at times on on the defensive side, right? Barnes is just playing, you know, out of his mind everywhere. Rashawn Holmes, um, Tyrese is, mm -hmm. we all, Greatest you know, all had time. hoped he was going to be good, but Tyrese I mean, what we're getting now, I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy. Um, Fox, you're seeing him take steps everywhere. And I, I remember saying in preseason how I wasn't, you know, that I wasn't freaking out about his, 
his three-point shot and that literally it looked like that he just needed he was shooting all arms right like it and and he's done yeah, this you were talking previous about years that. yeah right and i was getting so many responses of like worst contract ever he's proving he's never gonna hit that three and i mean it's preseason we're, right like we know we we love our our hot takes and our freakouts because yeah. it's it's we're kings fans right like that's what we do we're broken um it's what it is we're right a it's, fan base. yeah <laughs> uh, we can never have a good thing you know it's yeah um if it's not one thing it's another but it's he's proving right you're seeing it i mean his the, the fact that i even these last couple games, it's like when he shoots it, you were actually saying his three's going to go in and buddies weren't like, that's yeah. how it was like, that's how on he was. And yeah. whether that can be sustained, I mean, he's done it for a good streak. I hope that that, that continues because when you can see when that three point shot is on, they literally cannot stop him anywhere on the court. The best defenders in the league cannot cannot stop him anywhere on the court um so if if he can continue that you know progression uh just so yes um like you said we might not be great you know it's we don't know what's going to happen but to me um looking at the positives and just enjoying this ride you know for what it is i'm enjoying seeing progressions from from each each player essentially I think individually closer, and individually and as a team. I think they're closer to the team that's won seven of nine versus the team Than that the lost seven yeah. of nine. And 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 maybe they're, you know, somewhere in the middle. But I think there have been a couple of games during this stretch. Maybe the the, the Clippers is one. I, I I can't remember. Like Harrison's one field goal was that tip in against the that was against the Clippers, right? Where he was like one of seven. I think uh, maybe a De'Aaron Fox shot came yeah. off. And I mean, the degree of difficulty on the tip in was through the roof. That was against the Clippers, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody would watch that game and go, man, Harrison had a really bad game. You look at the game and go, man, Harrison couldn't get it going offensively. But I think he had double digit rebounds. We've seen games where he's had double digit assists. Like he finds right. And he ways. had to guard Kawhi, right? Like that was his role for the game was lock him down as much as you can you and, know? He, and, he, and yeah. he did that well I mean and and again it's you don't and, and so when you look at performances like that where you might have and I think Bagley wasn't particularly good in that game like there's a couple of of couple of times during that stretch of basketball or I, I don't even want to say past tense this stretch of basketball where you've had you know one or two guys in the starting lineup who haven't scored particularly well but they've still wound up winning like there have been times where if De'Aaron and Buddy didn't go for a combined 50 or Harrison and, and De'Aaron didn't go for a combined 55 or whatever team team had no chance uh, but now and, and I think it just goes back to that point that their defense is significantly better or significantly is a stretch but uh, no maybe it's not the, the defense is a lot better than it was the last time they played the Clippers on January 20th the f- I ne- if you would have told me that Buddy Heald was averaging 16 points a game mm. and the Kings are 500, I yeah. never would have believed that. Like yeah. that to me, that that is y- that you're arguably right. Your best shooter. I mean, there's mm. no argument. Like your best yeah. shooter. Um, it's it's 16 points a game, and, and the Kings are still winning, mm. and he's still finding ways to be productive, and 
playing at the end of the game, right? Like he's he's part of that lineup that's ending the game. And when he's out there, I don't really, I'm not feeling where I was feeling last year where it's you absolutely have to have him out. Like, again, he's he's bulked up. He's finding ways to use his body. He's His passing, right, during that stretch where his shots were off, his, his he was setting up teammates like we haven't seen before, and that was great to see. He's rebounding like where we talk about this with other players where when you're struggling in one, find other areas mm-hmm. where you can impact the game. Yeah. And Buddy's been doing that, right? Like everyone's getting mad that a shot's not falling, but he was finding other ways to impact the game which to me, he hadn't been doing that before. And that's, that's what, that's what that's I was just about to say. Him. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I don't feel like we've seen, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've seen this before from Buddy. This type no, of it, it's always like if, it's, not, if his shot wasn't falling, like, out. you can't yeah. have, right? Yeah. Either he's checked out or the coaches have pulled him, right? That there was he wasn't going to give you any else. That's not the case right now. And that wasn't fair. I shouldn't say that he's checked out because I don't think Buddy checks out of games. What I mean is he's chasing that shot. Well, he's chasing. He's checking out of games. Like that's where I would. They're like pulling him from games. Like Like he's being checked (laughs) out. He's literally checked out. Like (laughs) maybe maybe not on his own, but, but, but Lucas said, Hey fam, check out. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes to, you know, we go back to a, a line Luke Walton used, and I've, and I've referenced it a lot because it always stuck with me, that first day of practice where he says, you know, I love the energy, I love the engagement, and I love the buy-in. And it, and it genu- genuinely feels like this team has, whatever Luke Walton's message is, or Rex Kalamian's, or Alvin Gentry's, or Bobby Jackson's, or Lindsey Harding's, it feels like this team has bought in. And I feel like there's a level of chemistry with this group that we haven't seen in in a very, very long time also. Yeah, to that point, too, where, um, like yesterday, when the shots weren't falling, um, I thought we saw a little bit of um, pressing from guys just because it was almost like exhaust and taking in, and it was, you saw a lot of the one-on-one, and they kind of went away from, you know, their game plan at the end, mm-hmm. but for the most part, that's, that's another thing. When we were talking about buddy before, when he wasn't doing something, you almost felt like he was pressing it or forcing it. Right. He wasn't forcing his shot. These last ones, like he found again, other ways, other ways to work it. And I feel like the team as a whole, where during that losing stretch, when they would get down, right. Double digits. And then they'd start pressing and going against anything that was working at the beginning of the game, you know, at some point that, that kept him in it. And during this winning stretch, I feel like even yesterday when they went down 10, anytime they've gone down, they haven't, um, weathered up and gone I don't even want to say check out, but yeah, but it's like, they, they they didn't go away from the plan. Yeah. Um, it's, you weren't seeing guys press. You weren't seeing, um, and I, and pressing, I mean like playing outside themselves, right? Like Mm -hmm. pressing their game. They, they stuck with it and it worked like it's and we're so used to seeing when them going down or things aren't going their way like guys with their heads down like mm-hmm. you know what I mean like it's walking down the court like being visibly upset and then playing out outside their strengths where if, if they can keep doing what they've been doing it's working like staying within their game plan and it's working and you know what I I 
most people know I'm not a huge Luke Walton fan, but credit to Walton and what the rest and I you and most know I love the rest of the staff on the team. Um credit to all of them for you know the game plans that they're putting in. Um when it comes to certain adjustments, we're seeing a little bit more in adjustments where um you even saw Kyle Guy, Metu got thrown in a little bit. You saw um Bagley play some center yesterday when we've seen back-to-back games or we're seeing spurts of um like the three games and four nights we're finally seeing a little bit more extension of the rotation and using some fresh legs and I think that's kept them in right that's kept them in games or at least or held the lead like they it's or or kept it you know even until Fox could get back in in the fourth quarter things like that where Um, I don't think we were seeing those adjustments earlier. Um, So it's nice to see essentially now. And we'll see when we get a guy like Jeffries back. I know Luke said yesterday that he's sticking obviously with what's working and he doesn't really see what Jeffries role or. And he's just minutes would be. Yeah. And I get it. And, And I get that. Because I, going into the season, I think he definitely had a a ro- He was part of the rotation, like yeah. that's, and he proved right when you saw him pre bubble and bubble that he's a uh, a longer guard, right? And he can play defense, and he's got a a good body size for, um, for a shooting guard. You know, um, I think he might have even played the um, small forward at times, but. It's again, that's to me, that's another defensive presence that you could throw in there and and fresh legs as he works himself back. So, which to me, where you're seeing a decline in Corey Joseph minutes, right? And you're seeing Glenn Robinson getting thrown in every once in a while that Jeffries to me could could yeah. easily piece right in there and you could have Halliburton go to the one, Jeffries at the two, or even the three, where if you have Barnes in at the four, you could still have Kojo, Halliburton, Jeffries, and and Barnes. So it, it will be interesting to see how that's worked back in, but it, it'll be nice to have another another body out there and a guy that we were genuinely excited about at the beginning of the year and who earned sure. his contract, right? He worked yeah. his he worked his um he worked his ass off to get that contract. No, he, so, he definitely did. Yeah. And you're right. A lot of we were all kind of excited to to see what it would look like. Uh, with him through a, albeit abbreviated training camp into the start of a regular season. And it just, it was, it was snake bitten from the start it, or COVID bitten from the start. It just never really worked out for him having an injuries, being away, just pretty much being out the, the entire time. And it's kind of what Luke alluded to yesterday. And so when he is kind of fully engaged in like five on five suited on the bench, then it'll be curious. Like if, if he's ever able to get out there, I'm sure a lot of it will depend on how much practice time they have. I, I, I sure hope based on what Luke Walton said yesterday regarding Daquan Jeffries, that perhaps once the all-star break gets here, he's able to compete in, in, in five on fives. And if that's the case, he may have a role in the second half yeah. of the season. I mean, cause we've seen guys like Jabari, you know, mm-hmm. come back and, and people are still asking if he's even on the team. Yeah. So um and and i get what i get what he's saying where is jabari still on the team do we know that for sure (laughs) that you know they're 12 and 12 and these guys have worked themselves into these rotations and he feels Mm -hmm. like they've earned their spots i 
I totally get that. But it will be interesting that if you start seeing some adjustments need to be made, if they will actually be made and what they will be. So well, and and also, you know, knock on wood, we are nav. We're, we're still navigating the virus. We're we're still navigating. Yep. You know, you know. Ho- hopefully, it's not something that the Kings have to deal with, but that it's it's something most teams in the league are are having to deal with. So it, it could have nothing to do with rotations. It could wind up being. Uh, you know, something else. Yeah. And of course, yeah. you, you never know when injuries and things like that play, uh, you know, come into play. But I, I overall, like, and we've questioned, I mean, sort of, you know, hey, how, how, how much are teams paying attention to the Kings? How much are teams just kind of following the script when it comes to them? Are we really watching? We've seen Tyrese Halliburton win Rookie of the Month. We've seen De'Aaron Fox win Player of the Week, Western Conference Player of the Week. And I know those seem minuscule but those are pretty cool things especially the rookie of the month I, I and i'd argue that the player of the week is pretty cool like Giannis Antetokounmpo won it for the eastern conference so the fact that it's De'Aaron Fox and Giannis Antetokounmpo like that's pretty cool right and when a lot of people thought they wouldn't even get it because of how good Curry was playing but mm-hmm. credit to where they always say it's the record that matters right it's it's the it's your production in addition mm-hmm. to your team's record and the Kings were what four and oh or four yeah, and one during that stretch. Like that. Yeah. So that's what it was like. If you don't get it, you can't keep saying, Oh, it's because of mm-hmm. the record, right? Because yeah. they're putting up the numbers. So credit to him for beating out staff. Essentially, that's who that's who we had to take down. And and Jokic, I mean, who's putting up 57. Fit, yeah, right. right. And who's putting up 60 points a game. Like right, like, like I mean, they, I mean and think ridiculous. about that. Jokic put up 50 in a loss. Steph put up 57 in a loss. Like that's and when you look at the Western Conference, man, what a jumbled mess it is. Like really, I mean really 5 through like 13, but you could you could stretch it up to 3 a little bit, but yeah, it's uh it's it's something. Like the Western Conference is something, which is why I think that the Kings are going to be we're going to be talking about a playoff chase. I, I genuinely believe that. And I don't think it's because, oh, my gosh, the Kings are so good. I think you know, the, West, the the league as a whole kind of stinks. There's like The Kings six, are the thir- are 13 right now in the whole league. Like, right, I was going to say. Like, <laughs> I was going to say there's like six really good teams in the league. There's the, there's the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz are on fire right now. There's the 76ers. There's the Bucks who are on a hot streak right now. And then. Who's third? I don't know if Boston. I don't even know who's third. Is it Boston? So you have the Jazz that are just playing out of their minds right now. They're twenty crazy five. Good. Lakers are nineteen and six. Sixers are eighteen and seven. Um, and then Clippers it goes to are, Phoenix, right? Clippers seventeen and eight. Uh, the Bucks sixteen, seven. Clippers seventeen and eight. Bucks sixteen and eight. Suns fourteen and nine. Mm. And then it's. 13, 10, 14, 11, 14, 12, and then yeah, it just kind of Boston, um, yeah, Boston, Denver, but it's yeah, it's not and, impressive. Well, <laughs> it's well and impressive. it's funny because that's like you had a whole section of people that thought, oh, how much Chris Paul was going to change the Suns, right? Like, look up, and then you had a whole one saying, oh, he's so old. They're not really going to change. That bubble was a fluke. Like, yeah. Kings are going to be better, you know, all this stuff. And he's got them going right now. And they've even had some injuries and things like that. And they're 
they're 14 and nine and they're number six team in the NBA right now. I mean, yeah, they've been like really, really up. And then they fell off a little bit, and now they've they've kind of gotten yeah. themselves going. And I know Booker was out for a little bit too. And mm-hmm. when he's out, I mean that's a huge piece of that of that team. But it, but Chris Paul continues to show no matter where that guy goes, which that is he can take a bottom team and yeah, and, and it's take so, him up or a trending up. <laughs> and it's so frustrating because we we talk about the phenomenal season that that De'Aaron Fox is having, and it's like oh all star, all star, all star. He has to beat out Chris Paul. Like he has to like like we're looking at, at at Chris Paul and it's like look at look at the way he's playing look at what he's doing with Phoenix and then oh by the way okay I realize what Steph Curry's record is Steph Curry's got like two million and a half votes right now he's getting voted into the All Star game and while it feels like oh De'Aaron is playing really great De'Aaron is playing really great like that point guard position in this conference even with Russell Westbrook gone I mean even you don't even have to regulate it to point guard you could, I guess it's really regulated it's just players basically but they they do try to select some big guys. Like James Harden is in the other conference now. It's, it, it it doesn't seem to matter. It's still going to be difficult. And well, you still have Dame, and then you have CJ. Yeah, he got hurt, but he was I, playing his best basketball of yeah, his career. Yeah. Um, you know, and anytime it's fan voted, it's going to be skewed well, anyways because you still I mean, have top, play in there too. I mean, that's yeah. The top five don't know, matter. Like a king, Yao is, made it every year, and he was out with back issues. <laughs> like I mean, Allen Iverson, like Allen yeah. Iverson at the end of his career like made it you know what I mean but it's it's yeah. like the top five don't matter that's not what we're talking about like a, a Sacramento King almost will never make the top five unless this is a team that's in the Western Conference finals or the finals or something like that they're not going to get voted in no matter how great they are it's and even the then it was hard during that time <laughs> you, right like, no for no, real I mean yeah. Bibby got never I never mean, made it, it was yeah. always or, or Weber and even then you always felt like it was still um never a a guarantee or it always, or it had to be a coach's decision, right? Like there was, yeah. I mean, DeMarcus was being triple teamed every, you know, every game and it took him forever to, to get any kind of credit. Yeah. Until they, there's a consistent winning and they're on national TV and they're being seen, but even that being in a small market, it's, it's still hard to get those votes. I mean, no matter it's, it, it just, yeah, there's a reason you see big market players in, and it's not it's not because oh the league favors big markets. No, it's because there's more of a fan base, and the fan base floods you know the voting booth, and then you've got teams like the Warriors and guys like Steph Curry who spread you know outside of California, outside of the Bay Area. Of course, the same is true for LeBron. Yeah, yeah. all of those. And it's the guys. same way in baseball. The Giants do it to their to we do it to the Giants players mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you you see big markets get get the fan voted in there. So yeah. Yeah, big market. But it was nice he got the the magic love today. Fox did about the did. guys the guys yeah. that should make it, which might not, and it was Grant and and Fox. So I mean, the fact that it's it's nice that people are still noticing whether it happens or not. It's he's being recognized. You, you know what the ultimate sign of recognition for me was was the game against Philadelphia when they played Matisse Thai before what like uh, five minutes. And then it was like, all right, fella, you have prepared all week for this. Go guard De'Aaron Fox in the fourth quarter. And he did a hell of a job yep. against him. Yep. To me, that and, was – and they did yeah. the same with Tyrese. They, I mean, Tyrese was like – it was one shot in the second half. He was like 0 for 1, I think, in the second half. The, the, Doc game-planned for Tyrese and De'Aaron late in the game. I don't know what he did at the beginning of the game, but it was so clear he game-planned for De'Aaron and Tyrese at the end of that game. 
And and he, to I me, think that's the ultimate sign even, of recognition. Um, Tyree said it where he where Thibel said it was that, um, like that's I know that's my role on this team, right? Like I might not play every night, but if someone's hot, yeah. like they're putting me on them, and that's that's my job. My and man didn't take a shot. You're a good team. Yeah. You can do yeah. that. Yeah, and it works. Where that's why so many like even Kings fans last year were like saying you heard a lot of the trade buddy for you know him and somebody else just because you know that he is that lockdown that lockdown defender he still has to work on his offensive side but you don't have to worry about defense at all so yeah and and it was impressive and when you had no one like there was what a nine game span where literally nobody could stop fox no where i'm curious though and doc was like that ain't happening had he had some fresh legs would it have been the same outcome because i mean because literally everything at the end of that game was short and you saw him go to the ground a couple times he was getting nailed and there was whistles were being swallowed where we were breathing and they're calling a foul and he's getting knocked down to the ground which we're used to but but that takes a lot of out of your and how do we make okay that's the other thing that while they have these couple days off during practice, I'm assuming it's still going to be defense that they're working on, but they should spend at least a whole day on free throw shooting because both oh, games that they ended up losing, right? Miami and Philadelphia, yeah. horrible free throw shooting. You change that. And that's a straight win streak. Like you're, those are wins. Yeah. yeah. So this and, is, uh, they shot 57% gonna, yeah. against. And if they're going to be able to keep themselves in games like this, that's that can make or break you and and to be to to, just to again not we this team doesn't need us to make excuses for them they're playing well enough to you're allowed to lose a game to the top team in the eastern conference oh yeah fatigue can play a part in free throw shooting too i think the bigger frustration Uh is philadelphia worked i mean the Kings shot 19 free throws and this is a stat that we've seen uh to to an even more frustrating degree but in games past, the the Kings shot 19 free throws. Joel Embiid himself shot 14. In fact, Joel Embiid made more free throws than the Sacramento Kings made. He made 13. He was 13 of 14, and the Kings were 11 of 19. But the season as a whole, when it comes to free throw percentage, the Kings are 29th. I was going to say it's got to be it's got to be near last. Okay, the Cavs are 71.5. The Kings are 71.6. So they're that close to being the worst, right? And when you have guys that are getting better at at essentially getting to the basket. Okay, so here we go. They're sixth in the league and free throw attempts at 24 game. But they're 29th and actually making them. Wow. So they're, they're sixth in the league. And I would they average, not have they averaged that. 24. They averaged 24 free throw attempts a game. And I they are 29 in their percentage. So literally, I mean, if you can increase that, that's wow. huge. Yeah, that is that's massive. Uh, given the fact they lost this game by eight, they lost the Miami game by one. Now it's not going to help you in the games that you've lost by 30. Uh, but hopefully those are, are long. But if you're keeping us. yourself in these close games that yeah. 
right? Yep. That can. This was a game I had my doubts about going in because of how big and physical Philadelphia is. But there was a point seven minutes, seven and a half minutes. I think they were up two in the fourth. And I thought, oh, my God. Like, what is like, what are we watching? Like, is this team really about to beat Philadelphia? I think in the second quarter. It was like oh my a minute. It was like a 10, 10 point swing. And it was like, what is going on? Um, but yeah, even at the end, it was like holy holy crap, they might well, they it, might really do it. Yeah. We're gonna have seven streaking out in midtown. Like that is oh my gosh. Do it. That um, I think that second quarter wound up being the kiss of death. Because the Sacramento Kings scored 39 points in that second quarter. I and think, I think it, that's 40 for the rest of the game. Yeah. They did. I think it pissed Doc off so much. He was like, all right, that ain't happening again. And, you know, they, they got some things corrected to their credit. And I think Doc Rivers is a fantastic coach, which is why it happened. They they wound up scoring uh, 40 points in the entire second half. So, um, it, Yeah, and I was fully expecting when – prior to that second quarter that it was like, here we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. This, this can get ugly yeah. really fast. Yep. I, I was getting ready to put up <laughs> to tweet out the, well, that escalate escalated <laughs> quickly, right? Like I had it ready to go. Anchorman's and I was so good. happy I didn't have to do it. And I yeah. was like, holy crap. Like to me, that's where we see such a difference with this team than previous ones, because that's was not a thing. We were not seeing that. So I really that's something that's been really exciting to see. And I hope it I hope it continues. I do um, too. But and that only makes them on the way to being a better team when you can mm-hmm. take those punches and punch back. Well, we'll see how they respond. They've got the Orlando Magic on Friday. They've got their first matchup against the Memphis Grizzlies this weekend. Uh, so we'll certainly be looking forward to that. We appreciate you all so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Share the podcast with your friends. Follow Joe Adge on Twitter. She's one of the best Kings Twitter follows uh, at Joe Adge, uh, at Damian Barling as well. Make sure you check out d with KC on ESPN 1320. Uh, we're also live on twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320 and on the ESPN 1320 YouTube channel if you want to watch along. We'll be talking plenty of Kings basketball. We're going to be talking with Rashawn Holmes this week. Uh, and Harrison Barnes is going to be on another one of my podcasts. So that that's will exciting. Be it is. Two yeah. It's two good interviews. Yeah. Harrison is going to be on the build black podcast. Black um, he is. Uh, and you know, I'll, I'll be honest, Kings fans. I, I do hope that you'll check out the build black podcast. It's, it's not a sports related podcast and we're probably not going to be talking a ton of basketball with Harrison, uh, which I'm good doing with. off the court though is that's phenomenal. exactly what we're going to be talking about. So we're excited for that. We'll hope you check out the other podcast on the be her podcast platform. Uh, But she's Joe Adge. I'm Damian Barling. As always, we thank you so much for tuning in. uh, And we'll see you next time here on the Hoopball Podcast, the Sacramento Kings Hoopball Podcast.